be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fan. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Hola, Kiriko Tokatoa. Welcome to Beyond the Dugout. I'm Jason Kubis, aka Chopper. Joining me as ever on this wonderful Friday evening, 22nd of October, episode 28, is my man, Big DC. Not, not, not where the ABs are playing, but it's Damien Collins. Kia ora, bro. Kia ora, everyone. Thanks for another week of uh, talking ball during this uh, glorious spring day in the 04. It is, got to say. Uh, well, it's even better than last On time. a uh, postcard day today, it's still a little nippy, but uh, but dude, it's not windy. Sun is out, hardly in cloud. I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Every day, mate. Every day. It was so good. Last weekend, we got to play softball in the 04. Well, some of us got to play for the first time. Some for the second, but definitely some for the first. Yeah, softball kicking off around the, the traps uh, up and down New Zealand, except for Obviously, Auckland, poor, <laughs> unfortunately. But, Can't be far away. But uh, but they have. I was uh, up in Hawke's Bay last weekend, uh, or last two weekends, actually. So I got to see the uh, the ball up there. Uh, and good. I'm happy to report they have an extra team in their uh, Premier competition this year. So uh, five Premier men's teams out of Hawke's Bay this year. I think they're going to do good things. More teams uh, in that top league uh, playing better ball is always good for... The game, isn't it? So, well done. Yeah, nice. they, they sure are. The, the favourites up there are Saints. Uh, they have been for, for a couple of years, but hot on the heels are uh, their, their natural foes and fast pitch. Uh, up there, Pumas have always been a, a good club uh, with the Aranui family. Um, but the new ball club on the on the scene, and that's the Mets, Greg Waterhouse's team up there. And they've got a bunch of ballers that used to play down in Wellington, PK and Miramar, and, uh, and then some local guys. And they're looking uh, quite strong as well. So it should be a very, very good cop, fast pitch. Chub Tongaroos involved with that one at, at the moment. So, yeah, lots of good names coming out of the bay at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, you, uh, well, everyone around the 04 knows Wardhouse, and uh, everyone around uh, Aotearoa knows uh, Tongaroa. So awesome stuff. Good to hear those names given back. Horawai Pukitapu. Yeah, true, Man, true. That guy's physique is on flick. Oh, I said, well, dude. Dude, whatever you're doing, man, can, I, like, can you like just give a little to some of us? Just one time? Are you not sure it, bro? <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's just under there somewhere. Right? Under there <laughs> Absolutely. Somewhere. Yeah. Just so obviously, in Wellington, uh, under the way here and in the Hutt Valley um, these last couple of weekends. So good to see that's under the way. Yeah, we had our juniors back uh, on Saturday. Um, my my under-13s uh, giving a good fight against uh, Wainui under-13s. Uh, but awesome to look around the park uh, at Fakataki Park on Saturday, mate. And uh, I I got a little little tear and quite proud looking looking around the diamonds, seeing seeing our signs up and uh, and every kid wearing a, a cap. So all those little things that I worked my ass off for for the preseason coming to fruition. And um, yeah, very proud to see it. Well, that's good to hear, bud. And um, you know what? You make good things, do good things, good things happen. And you guys are obviously doing that within. 
softball here in uh, the valley. Trying to, mate. Trying to. Tell you who's uh, doing good things around the 04. Our mate Gretchen. Yeah. <laughs> but in saying that, do we have more sport to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Before, before you go off that, she's uh, she's going to our guest tonight is yeah. uh, is Gretchen O'Coin, and um, and you're right. She's currently been living in Wellington for the past year, basically. Yeah. Uh, in a uh, development role and so involved in softball at all levels uh, and trying to shed the love, shed the knowledge uh, and pass it around. And I tell you what, man, you couldn't get one more devoted person than than Gretchen O'Coin. So reliable, so skilled, so talented. Yeah, well, I haven't had much dealings with her, but I know a lot of people that have. Uh, obviously called a couple of her games and announced a couple of her games over the last couple of years. And um, so, yeah, having this interaction with her, you know, having her come over at my house and and uh, her fall in love with the dogs. And, um, yeah, no, it's a very, very cool, cool lady. And um, it's uh, good to put a face to the name properly uh, because she's worked a, a lot with my club, um, a few of our pitchers and coaches over the off-season and, and not one person has a bad thing to say about her. They rave about her, and um, she, yeah, as we said, she's doing awesome things. Very, very cool, dude. Let's go around the rest of the country. I know we're going to have a couple of guests uh, in from different associations. Uh, I understand we've got the Hammer from down south is going to join us at some stage. Um, from what I can see, though, from afar in Christchurch, on the men's side of things anyway, Papua Nui looking strong again. Don't they always? You know, you look at their lineup and and the experience that they've had and um, what their you know, if you will, dynasty that they've had over the last what five or six years. I know um, Jacko will always correct us on that if we're wrong <laughs> for sure. But um, yeah, he was the he was the first name we we signed up to um, be our roving reporter over the week. So um, yeah, we'll let him get a get into the season and. Um, then yeah, definitely get some reports from around the traps. But um, that was the first one that we'd signed up. Well, he's intelligent, is uh, <laughs> hell man, but uh, but he's also funny as well, man. So oh, he hilarious! Should be, uh, he should be lots of fun, I think, um, uh, going forward with, uh, with whether whether it's weekly or every couple of weeks or yeah. something like that. But uh, it'd be good to get a little extra ins- flavour inside. Um, great to see Panisi Osefo, um, uh really pushing in the game down there. Uh, obviously, former New Zealand Emerging Player of the Year, way back when, like back in 2000 or something like that, you know, um, and obviously played in the Sox many times uh, over the years. But now he's um, brought back his old club and the uh, the Richmond Kears. And you know what, man? They have already picked up two wins in the season so having Panisi back, he's a player coach, I believe, uh, with that side. So yeah, that's exciting to see what uh, what what he can do for sure. I just I love hearing those stories, mate. You know, I love. Um, we all wonder in this game. We always try and um, you know get our experience uh, wherever we can get it, whether that be a different club or not. But I, I love hearing the stories of people going back and um, giving back to where it all started, regardless of where they've been. Yeah, I mean they've only started down there, and it's still early stages, of course. Yeah, of course, a couple of weeks in, but uh, as I mentioned, Papua Nui looking the goods. Mm. Um, PCU always strong, and they're right up there, Absolutely. tied with the yeah. top of the table, basically. Um, but like I said, it's Richmond Kiers is the big story down there. So be interesting awesome. to follow um, the developments in Welling, uh, sorry, in Christchurch uh, as we go ahead for sure. For sure. Fast forward forty five. That's coming up soon. Can't wait, mate.
Yeah. Well, I, I guess before we get to Fast Forward 45, um, first couple of tournaments of the year, they had the Fast Forward 45 tournament down in Christchurch a couple mm. of weekends ago, uh, which was a success that's uh, hosted by the Hallsville Club. Um, and they've really kicked it off well, I think. And it makes sense. And there is a couple of Fast Forward 45 tournaments. Like I know there's a league on a Thursday night in Invercargill now. Wow. Uh, Bad Plenty tried a tournament as well. I think that was like the end of last season. All sorts of things. Ramblers, they turned in, turned one of their tournaments, I think the Rocky Choke, which is normally hosted in December, so we'll soon see, see when that is this year. Uh, now, that they turned that into Fastball 45, and of course, you know, Soccer New Zealand's uh, marquee event. Yeah, we we even got to play at our second half of the season last season. Um, yeah. Mm, it's awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I understand maybe not this year. There's a problem with the lights at High Tai Tai this year. Um, so anyone's got a couple of spare bucks. Wait a minute, who won the forty-two million? Like, just drop, yeah, it, yeah, drop just drop it, drop a percentage down there, and uh, <laughs> we'll be fine. Likely though, Premier Ball in Wellington. Um, the big news this year: Josh Pettit, yeah, going to Porirua from Javel. I didn't see that coming. Oh, no, nah. in fairness, we all thought he might have gone to Dodgers, but yeah, no, he's he's gone to um, Porirua and. I mean, they, they already have some names in there, eh, mate? And uh, experience and, and Josh on the mound will just add to that for sure. Very, very strong. Line, one of the strongest lineups that Purito has had in a number mm. of years this year. Um, Tawita Bishop is playing full-time this year, I believe, in the catching role uh, for them, as well as their athletes they've had for a number of years. Gene uh, Ludden. <laughs> Gene, still, I age yeah, backwards, Ludden. Yeah, still rocking it up <laughs> over there. I like Zach Boyd, always have. Yeah, um, definitely. So he's he's good. Um, small man, big punch. Um, so yeah, they'll be they'll be they'll go a fair way this year. Mm. Dodgers, you can never count them out. And, no, no. and of course, PK locally, those three teams, only two games in the season, all undefeated at this point. Yeah. Well, it's early days, though, way. Eh? Um, but early and and there's still a lot of teams that are just, you know trying to get their feels as a team. Um, but. Um, yeah, it's just stoked that we're back into it and seeing a lot of those names out there doing their thing still. You know, Wayne at bat for Mirama. I'm always always excited to see that. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, shaping up to be an exciting season. You know, Tara have gone up as well. Got to give um, a shout out for Tara. This yeah, year. absolutely. It's great I mean, to see another Premier side back in. Oh, well, that's it, mate. And um, you know, I think maybe if uh, Javo had put one of their so- like. Don't get me wrong, I, I, I don't know what happens at Javel, but they've got two Premier Reserve sides and and maybe uh, maybe their pitcher could have stayed if it, one of them had gone up. But, you know, the, those two, the Bombers and the Billy Goats, uh, I think they're called, um, they're, they're well-established in that league and they have been for a number of years. Cool. Lots happening. So it's great to have Sopple back, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know um, talking to, we've got Cole Evans coming up in a couple of weeks' time, talking to him just uh, the other day. And, um, you know, he kind of finds, and I suppose everyone in Auckland finds it kind of surreal that everyone else is playing softball in New Zealand at this point. But uh, it's just the way it rolls uh, at the moment. So, uh, yep, stay safe up there. Everyone look after each other. If you haven't been vaccinated yet, go and get vaccinated. Get her done, man. Just get it done. I'm sick of wearing masks. I've had my two shots. (laughs) I'm waiting for the rest of you to keep up. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> but we want ball back as well and we want the Auckland we want our strong association yeah I said it oh niners um we want you guys out there playing ball as well so um yeah hopefully not too long but not too far away let's be honest I, I, I know that um 
uh, right about now, actually, the governor are about to release the the, uh, the roadmap and these green light uh, light system or something, whatever it is. But we already know that three point three is Sopel can start in Auckland. They're all preparing for that, and and uh, and and me too, even being out of Auckland at the moment. Uh, with with my club, Northgate Softball Club, uh, helping them get things together and coaches and players and stuff. So uh, they're basically ready to go as soon as soon as they're allowed to. One of your clubs, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I won't say where. What I, mean. I tell you what, though, I'm looking forward to going to Palms North tonight. Ah, lucky. Yeah, it should be good. I mean, I yeah. last time I was in Palmy was for the Under 18 World Cup. It was awesome. Uh, it was. It was, it, was it was. it was a great week. And um, uh, story for me that week, uh, there were two things. One was Singapore beating Argentina on day one. Yes. That was phenomenal. Uh, history making. Um, then Argentina showing the character come all the way back to the bronze medal match. Didn't lose a game after that. Um, but the other was the Czech Republic. First mm. time podium, uh, getting on the podium at any age group or, or uh, World Cup. First wow. time Ever that was history making as well, and uh, I had the pleasure of calling that game. And Osichka, big tall right hander, yeah, he is the next great thing coming out of the Czech Republic. Yeah, so much talent across that across the board um, at that World Cup. My first one being involved with, I'm getting to announce and MC a bit. Um, but yeah, another level um, tip of the cap for you doing a few, mate. It definitely, I had a list when I walked away, but um, a lot of players to to watch in the future for sure. Yeah, yeah. WBSC does have one World Cup this year. It's right. in Lima, Peru. The under eighteen uh, women's. Yeah. Um, this will be the last one as eighteens, won't it? It was the first one actually. Uh, Where well, was nineteens used to be? Anyway, oh, of course. Um, but of course, with the pandemic, it had gone from a full field down to half, basically. Um, and you know, a lot of big guns are not going. That age group used to be 19s, um, has been USA and Japan in the final every edition, yeah, pretty much. Um, and and Japan is not going this year. Wow, wow, new finalist, yeah, yeah, it will be. So, who can tip over the USA or be the thing? <laughs> I, I tell you what, the what it will showcase, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. Unfortunately, we won't, won't have the ability to go to this one, but um. Really looking forward to seeing the South American countries because I know how much growth is happening down there at the moment yeah. and has been for a while. So looking to see what that what it looks like now because it, that's what it is. It, it's as they work on it over years, then you start to see the production line coming through, and I think they're starting to get to that stage. And they'll be they'll be real contenders. Trust me, not just in women's but in men's as well. Men, I look what Mexico did just recently. Mm. It's exciting times if uh, across the board and everyone's stepping up their game and it just makes the game more richer and and uh, hopefully give more and more young ones uh, that incentive once once we get the world right, you know, the, the fact that it's still going is a plus. Whether yep. it be a big field or a short field, um, we've got something to look forward to. Whether our, our girls are there or not, um, it's good to see international ball being played. Sure is. Well, apparently the world is already right in the USA because 53,000 people will pack um, Dodger Stadium uh, today against the Atlanta Braves. The Braves leading three run, uh, three games to one in a four, sorry, seven game series. Are they oh. are they leading easy or are they just leading? <laughs> it's three one. All right, you just take it anywhere you like. 
Um, all I can hope for is a repeat of last year because that's what happened last year. Love and a three-one comeback. Three-one. Dodgers win the next three games to take it out and go to the World Series. If I'm honest with you, that ain't going to happen this time yeah. around. But you still got to have the faith. Absolutely, man. I've had um, I've had three, uh, no, two, two, three, one uh, heartbreaks. Uh, one heartbreak, one over the moon. When the Cavs came back and beat the Warriors in 2016, uh, from three one down to to win their first championship ever, that was that was one of my biggest. And then the heartbreak was uh, the same year, I think, when the Indians blew the three one lead in the World Series to to lose the World Series. So yeah, three one, mate. Ooh, love sports. Tell you what, they're um, Atlanta are going with their uh, strong lefty uh, today, uh, their ace uh, in Freed. But well, we, we've got one of the greatest left-handed pitching hitters in the world, and Albert Pujols in the team this year, and he gets a start today at first base. Is hitting in the sixth spot, um, and and sure he's nowhere near what he used to be, but you know what? Something tells me he's going to do something great today, and. My pick is if you if you miss the game, pick up the highlights, and I bet you it's full of elbow pull horse today. Or just enjoy the game if you've got choppers logging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the other side of things, it is don't change the team. <laughs> Boston versus the Chiefs. I mean Houston, <laughs> uh, and it is Houston that are leading three two at this point. Boston going to win the next two. Um, and are they capable? 100% they're capable. So that one will go down to the wire. Unfortunately for Boston, they dropped a game or two at their own yard uh, at Fenway. Now they're going to have to win the two games in Houston. Someone turn the power off that camera at center field. <laughs> yeah, take out the guy sending the signals back to the dugout. <laughs> or is it hitting the, hitting in the trash can? Sunday morning, 8.30, AB's take on USA. I love the uh, end of year tour. I've always loved the end of year tour. Um, there's always usually uh, some one or two players that you get excited for. Um, the the bolters, if you will. I don't know if this tour has really got a couple, does it? I haven't really seen the the because it's, it's kind of that squad that they've had all the way through. They yeah. haven't usually, you know, someone might have a blinder of an NPC or ITM or Bunnings or Mitre Ten Cup or whatever it's called now. But um, dugout cup, yeah, dugout. Yeah. <laughs> if only. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if we've got a bulk to this year, but usually on the end of your tour, it's one or two just have an absolute legend of a, of a tour and, and those one of the names for years to come. So I'm looking forward to see whoever that is. Yep, yep. Should be a good game. Uh, massive stadium uh, in Washington there and uh, really looking forward to seeing just that spectacle side of things. Uh, we all know the game is going to be one-sided, unfortunately, but um, uh, but you know what? United States are full of athletes, um, oh, yeah. and they won't give up. So it should be, it should be, should be still a good match to, to, to watch on a Sunday morning nursing a Yeah. Well, you've got to get up and play softball on Sunday morning, don't you? Yeah, but I didn't start till... I've got to go and dig holes for my new deck. I don't start until lunchtime, mate. No, <laughs> Chopper don't start till lunchtime. Let's be honest. <laughs> Chopper's going to be no good before lunchtime. <laughs> On a weekend playing <laughs> softball, unless I'm helping out kids, which I will be. I'll just go and watch the young fellas playing this weekend for City United. So that should be good. <laughs> no, no, looking forward to that. Yeah, Dude, absolutely. Uh, we touched a little bit earlier, Gretchen O'Coin uh, this week. 
um, mate, a athlete who comes with a heavy credentials, mm. played uh, all through uh, her university college um, career, couple of colleges in the end, and she'll tell us a bit about that tonight, uh, how it came about and why the change. Uh, but then played professionally, has been in Italy, and of course uh, three summers in New Zealand, and now two winters. <laughs> but um, yeah, yep, Gretchen O'Coin. Really looking forward to her tonight, man. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, no, she's been a powerhouse um, in the game the last couple of years around around New Zealand. Um, I love picking um, the brains of the American woman when they come over and live here and, and play here. I mean, uh, you know, good friend now, Jen uh, Ferret-Bearer, and uh, I nine out of ten times end up interviewing her instead of just having a chat. So, um, yeah, another, another good softball mind doing great softball things and now she's on the couch to share the story and um hopefully we can get enough in exactly here we go let's get to Gretchen O'Cord. absolutely let's go When it comes to softball in New Zealand, on the female side, there is no other bigger player on the stage at this point. That is Gretchen O'Coin that joins us here on the couch at Beyond the Dugout. She's done everything nationally here. NFC, club titles, fastball 45, two of them, championships in Italy, Europe, all over the place. And she joins us here. Gretchen, great to have you along. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is awesome, Gretchen. Um, the one cool thing about you is I love the way that you're just a straight up and down girl, and I'm really looking forward to today's uh, pod. Cool, me too. Fantastic. Uh, Damien, obviously, uh, joining us here uh, today. Sorry, Gretchen. just getting the levels ready. <laughs> <laughs> he's a student of the game too, man, and I know he's going to pick your brain when it comes to pitching because he likes to spin the odd ball now and then too. Oh, come on. Because I have to, but yeah, I do love it. So yeah, if, you, cool. if we can on. talk one or two, that'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's start it the right way. We're in New Zealand, of course. Nohe queer. Where are you from? What's your genealogy, family, and things like that? Oh man. Uh, so I'm born and raised in um, Ocean Springs, Mississippi, and um, that's that's not where my family's from. My parents are from Kentucky, actually, and my dad's side is uh, French Canadian. My mom's side has a, well, I think most people in the United States have a bit of a Native American mm-hmm. in them, but yeah. that, that's pretty much it as far as where I'm from and background. Cool. And you have a, an older brother as well? I do. Um, he's 10 years older, so he's around 37 now, or will be in January. You just gave out your I age. sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to wear it proudly right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, we, we almost grew up like two very different uh, childhoods because a, a decade apart like um I almost felt like a an only child just with like yeah. a a younger father figure um because he would take care of me um when he was around the house but he would have yeah he would have left the house at like 18 um to go to uni and I would have been eight so it was just kind of you know growing up with him just coming in and out um as school fluctuated but our dad was also uh he's retired military yeah so my brother got to do a lot of traveling while my dad was still in the force, and uh, my dad retired when I was born. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to do that travel then, 
but I'm making up for it now, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are, Dean. Yeah. I got to meet your brother a couple of times when he's come out to New Zealand. Um, I have noticed, though, the bond between the two of you is very tight. Yeah, uh, and that would have happened probably within the last, like, five to ten years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I got to, like, mature and grow up and, um, you know, get, gain my experiences as well, we've definitely built a strong bond of brother and sister um, to where we're almost, like, best friends now. Yeah. And we very much think the same same way, same humor, yeah. um, and, you know, just love sport. He's a baseballer, softballer, yeah. Yeah. Talking about sport, uh, for, for you growing up, what was sport? Um, well, I, unfortunately, I'd probably say life at mm. this point. Uh, yeah. It was very much, uh, I got introduced quite young, obviously, my brother being older, throwing the ball and playing catch, and my dad loved sport too, just in general. It didn't, didn't matter what it was, it was just a matter of learning discipline and, you know, good morals and ethics through through the game or through a sport, so um he was very much part of my my development growing up, and once he saw a talent, and especially the my build as I developed, he kind of knew what sports were probably going to be fit me best. Yeah, is Dad tall as well? No, I think we're all about the same height, right. so we're like five eleven, six foot is yeah. our immediate family. Um, Mom's side has all the height, so gotcha. I have like a couple of cousins that are like six eight. Nice. Um, yeah, and we, my dad would call. My figure as country strong, so where <laughs> I'm a I'm not husky, but I I am a strong build. Yeah. Um. And our our mom is she's a little more on the slender side. She had a really small frame, so I was definitely built for something that's a bit more, um, yes, impactful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, sport growing up is very much t-ball and basketball were the two that I dove into. My brother dabbled in everything else because yeah. he had the energy to do so, whereas a, I was almost like a, a pretty lazy teenager, yeah. teenage girl. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just do what, what I can, where I can. And mixed in with uh, strength conditioning and speed and agility, like uh, that was year round and that was so much fun. It was like a sport in itself. When, when did something like, um, yeah, Damien's going to ask this exactly. <laughs> oh, lazy, but yet you still have strength and conditioning and yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it's so much fun to go into a community where there's other people that, like, want to be a part of it, and you yeah. just get to, I mean, you can poke fun at, like, I would lift weights that were heavier than most of the guys my age that were lifting. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bring it on. It's like yeah. you're competing and having fun just with getting better, and that's that's pretty much what it was. It was quite a small knit group. It wasn't, like, a massive class. It yeah. was one coach to, like, five kids. Yeah. And those five kids could change every time because it was a paid what program. What age are you talking about here? I So my brother yeah. in high school, he was into strength and conditioning as yeah. well. So he would work at local gyms and stuff. And mm -hmm. sometimes my babysitting or his babysitting duties would just bring me along. Yeah. And so he was getting very much into like Olympic lifts and stuff. So clean and jerks, press and jerks, all that stuff. And I was learning with like basically a broomstick, those movements on just how to be explosive. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm. And that would have been... I would have been like 12 yeah. just getting introduced to that environment. And once you're around people that like love to move and move well, yeah. and you get to see how that all happens and then you just, you know, sweat it out, cry it out, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just build some, some friendships through that. And it's just, it's cool. And yeah, I would have started at 12 and kind of continued to do that. And when I had some injuries kind of come up with just growing, like I've pulled tendons and stuff because growth spurts get the best of you sometimes when you're, you're active. Mm -hmm. uh, it was recommended to actually get into some strength and conditioning stuff just to build some more muscle tone to save all the other areas. But yeah, that would have been when I started. 
12. Wow. Yeah. Jackson's 12. He just did 12 on Friday. Perfect. He's ready. Get him in the gym. He's he already, he already loves sticks. walking That's around. That's all you got to start with. You got to start the movement. Yeah, the broomstick. I'll never give him a whack with one. <laughs> nah, there you go. He already loves walking around without a shirt on. So. Mm, yeah. Sounds yeah. like it's his environment. Yeah, yeah bound to be. Without a doubt. Um, so strength and conditioning, basketball and softball, the three key ones as you're growing up uh, through there. Once you got to high school, did they stay together or did you have to move a little? Um, so I didn't play softball in high school uh, because our our team, based mm. on our region, yeah. so it's it's very much your team of your, your high school team is glued to who is at your school in your region. So um, we didn't have a quality program, let alone all, all the players that wanted to compete yeah. for that reason. Also, our districts was like just up and down. It was kind of kind of pointless. For me to just try to tag along and do that. Basketball, though, our high school program was actually pretty good. Yeah. And that's just where I met. I made my friend circle in high school or, you know, throughout middle school and stuff. Mm. So I maintained that. And the other thing is um, our softball seasons and our sports seasons in high school are, are very broken up. Mm. Like we start school in August, go into like May. Yeah. And, um, yeah, softball would have been like spring, and then the real softball that, if you're a competitor, mm. starts in the summer. Gotcha. So that's when you just do all your traveling and stuff. Yeah, um, and then yeah, basketball would have started um, fall to winter through all that stuff. So it was it was a nice cycle. Yeah, and then yeah, strength and conditioning. I would have tried to maintain throughout all of that. In basketball, we would have done our own stuff with our team as well. So that's where I would get my break. With no softball at, at high school, is is that where you were using travel ball? No, so when I wasn't playing softball in high school, that's where I would. Um, I think we would do, we would do some fall tournaments if we yeah. had, uh, if we had it with our travel ball team at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But that would be like my off season or getting prepped for summer. So gotcha. that's where Dad and I would mm-hmm. go in the backyard or the local park and do work after high school. Wow. Or I would, you know, just go to my um, strength and conditioning stuff sessions after that. So it was kind of like. What I'm doing here, own trainings. Yeah. Prior to season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah different yeah. Th- this time point in your life, uh, but but getting because uh, we're going to talk about your college career shortly, um, but getting in preparation for that, if you're not playing softball throughout the high school season, how did you get ready or an, a, an ability to be able to play at a, at a college level? Uh, well, I would say it's definitely training your skill mm. um because the teams i grew up playing with as far as travel ball yeah um they started off local so rec ball is like your community league basically and that's t-ball here for the most part and um after that it's like you you start finding you know travel ball teams or tournament mm. teams that are more local a bit more competitive and I hopped to the next county and played for the rec ball team and then got asked to be a part of another or come to a tryout or whatnot. Mm. So then I started playing softball outside of my community, which yep. is like, I think, a 45-minute drive yep. um, to the next the place over and stayed with them for a few years and stayed continued just to work with my dad. Mm. And we found a pitching coach once I got introduced to pitching. So they just taught me the basics and stuff. But other than that, it was just yeah simple grounders and – just learning I don't know, how to be a little more 
quicker with my feet. Strength and conditioning obviously helped and speed yeah. and agility helped with all of that. Being yeah. on the basketball court and having to pop your hips and move your feet really quickly helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Stopping a ball on the diamond. Yeah. <laughs> and um, a couple years of that, then we found out about um, how early college coaches are actually trying to recruit kids. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, my dad's like, all right, we got to, we actually got to make a, a switch. We got to put you on a showcase team rather than just a, like a trophy collecting team, yeah. just going out there and staying our little hub. Mm. Cause our hub wasn't getting seen by college coaches. They like, we weren't good of enough of a hub for coaches to need to come down there. I'm with you. Um, so then we looked at a proper showcase team that was in our state or associated with our state three hours north of where we lived. So when that was the case, then it's like, all right, well, definitely we can only do one team training a week. So three hours there, train for three to four, then three hours back on a Sunday. And then everything else is on six hours of travel for an hour training. Absolutely. No, three, three to four hours of training. (laughs) So it's been like the entire day. So either way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like building that team chemistry and camaraderie as well. And getting to know the coaches because That, that's important going into showcases as well. Like, Although coaches aren't there to recruit teams, you still need to be able to compete as a team to get into a showcase. Because mm-hmm. um, it's almost, yeah, you have to earn it or get a bid yep. to be there. So we were very fortunate to have, um, in my first year of being with that showcase team, to have coaches that ended up getting us a bid and in an ASA national showcase. And I, I, that's where I got my first looks in front of like big colleges, um, on the playing field. Mm -hmm. And after that, it was, it was pretty, pretty sweet. Like they started contacting our, our main contact with Mm -hmm. our, uh, travel ball team. So we got a a spike of interest Mm -hmm. for me as a player. Yep. And that's kind of just where opportunities come into play. Nice. Okay. Before we talk about, um, uh, getting a start with the college and, and selecting that college. 2011, homecoming queen? Oh, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that, that came out of nowhere. Um, that, that was actually quite funny. I think my mom was probably the happiest out yeah. of everybody in our entire family. Um, but the, the running question is, who nominated me? Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't spend the last two summers in my hometown leading up to my senior year, I was actually in California playing travel ball out that way. Mm. Once I had verbally committed to a college and, um, it, nothing had changed as far as me, who I was during school. Like, you know, I was becoming more prominent on the basketball court just because I was getting older and being more looked as a leader. But Mm. Yeah, it was just, it was quite strange, but um, now it was a cool experience. Yeah, the first year to be on homecoming court, because girls can be on the court for all four years, from right. freshman to senior, and never win it. Right. But they get to have that week of the glitz and glam, where mm. they wear the different dresses, and they get to just celebrate, I don't know, being on homecoming court. It was, yeah, there's a parade for it, so we get to sit on a car and throw things out, and like, in the in the middle of the parade and oh, stuff, yeah. and and then we get the big gown that we get to walk out on yeah. to the football field and get announced. And I remember my dad. My dad was my escort, and as we were going out, he's like, "Now don't, now don't be upset if they don't call your name." I'm like, "I'm fine. I'm just happy to be here." Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just <laughs> grinning away. Yeah. Like, this is cool. And yeah, then they call my name, and I'm like, 
oh, that's us. We got to go. <laughs> and so we walk up towards the last year's homecoming queen who yep. then crowns me mm-hmm. along with her principal. And I look, I look over and my mom's just like bawling her eyes out. I'm like, stop it. You're going to make me do it. And then that, yeah, that was pretty much it. There's a, it was, it was quite cute to, to, she was recording at the, the moment in time and nice. her phone just drops. Oh. And you can just hear yeah. um, my basketball coach standing right next to her giving her a hug. He's uh, like, I knew it was her, blah, blah, blah. So it was, that was pretty cool for my peers to yep. see me in that light. I think I would have been one of the, the first or few um, like athletes to have won it for our school. It's yep. typically cheer or dance. Yeah. But I feel like that's a very southern thing anyhow. Right. Times have definitely changed to where the, the unique personalities are actually starting to become the true queens that yeah. are coming. So that's quite cool to see. But yeah, that was wow. That was a girly moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I when I saw that I was like, I can't imagine you that mm-hmm. like that. But uh did you have to work on the like the Queen's wave thing? No, we ha- joke about it a bit. Yeah. yeah. It was like elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. Oh yeah. bit of yeah. a wave in there. Yeah. Um, no, we joke about it a bit. It's uh, no, it's, it's it wasn't that intense of a shindig, but I very much still wore basketball shorts throughout school for yeah. most of the week because it was like Spirit Week, so each day right. had a theme. Yeah, uh, one day you can wear your um, your favorite college team's uni or whatever. The next day is like you're dressed like a a celebrity or something like that. So it was for me, it never changed because I was still in basketball season as well. So we were training. So mm. one of my blocks was training yeah. so i'd come go to my next block all sweaty yeah and i was like well this is this is homecoming queen yeah right here. <laughs> we're not going with the wave this year we're going with high fives yeah, yeah. And yeah. instead of the cap was it the tiara was it? No? yeah i wore that constantly throughout. <laughs> no 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 yeah it was it was pretty cool so our, the announcement i think our dance was before the announcement no it was after yeah usually the dance is before right but this go around it was after so it was yeah, it was a little different but yeah homecoming was quite fun after that. Felt like I was on a little bit of a high. <laughs> um, you've touched on a couple of times about basketball. So basketball was also a big part of your life. Yeah, yeah. Wonder, wondering when we're going to get to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we got the mouth over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, my goodness, yeah, it's position. Ah, uh, center. Yeah, I think if I were to continue playing, that would have changed very quickly. <laughs> Um, but I was one of the most physical players on, on our team. Mm. So, yeah, I, I very much, like, worked the paint to, yeah move, move around there a bit. But uh, that, that was definitely where I had my main friend group throughout yeah, um, that's right. high school and middle school because I would have grown up with most of those girls that stayed with it. Um, no, that was just, that's a, oh, man, so many good times. But also, like, you know, with any sport or female sport, there's quite a bit of drama, but... Um, there was a phase where I learned how the difference between anger and aggression for a while there, I was playing a very angry game as a center, which is easy to do, but it's really exhausting. And then I was like, okay, I get it. Aggression is the way to go. And that's where it was. I wasn't as beat up afterwards, but oh man, all the bruises and stuff. It's yeah. It might've been the only, the only circumstances where I got closest to being in a fist fight. Just because one girl bopped me on the head, yeah. and I was about to turn around and throw a punch, but the the ref blew the whistle as I was turning because apparently as I was turning she was swinging again. Oh, yeah, and she missed, and I was like far out. It was my one chance to throw <laughs> some hands, 
<laughs> and you get ejected. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. So that, yeah, that would have been, that's a very different me. Uh, but that, yeah, just running around, chasing a ball, yeah, making buckets, like that's, that was, that was so much fun. I, I love going back on to any court sport just to switch it up from dirt every once in a while. Yeah. You were talking about um, changing up your teams looking towards college, but I've been reading that there could have been a D1 school in your in your midst if you had stick stick to it so how did you make that decision in basketball yeah in basketball. Oh, yeah. so softball just kind of happened first mm. um i got seen a lot sooner i wasn't playing like aau travel ball basketball kind of stuff so if i would have gone that route there probably could have been more of a chance i think the only reason i would have gotten looked at uh, at basketball at all is because we had some really good ballers before me right. that had college scouts coming to their games that were local schools and that's where I, they would have picked me up at some point. But my verbal commitment had already happened before I had gotten seen from a basketball standpoint. So that that would have been the, the bit of the hiccup. But there's been several times throughout my college career with softball that I was like, man, I should have chose basketball. <laughs> but then I look at what what breaks they have to give up. Yeah, They give uh, up Thanksgiving. They give up mm-hmm, Christmas. They mm-hmm. still have to show up halfway through the summer for mm-hmm. trainings. I was like, oh, maybe softball was the way. <laughs> Cause I get a full Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> like that's sick. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. It would have been, it would have been a different story, but you know, nonetheless, a really cool one. Well, next time I announce you, I'll give you my basketball announcing voice. So Perfect. let's go. Yeah. yeah <laughs> without a doubt. And actually with that in mind, Damon, we should uh, take her along to a, have you been to a Saints game yet? No, I haven't. Wait, we should do this Wellington. Is the Wellington Saints. Oh, the no, break is in I was Wellington. like, I've been to one and I was like, I've been to one, but it was in Auckland. Yeah. 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 Oh, that yeah. would have been with Alex and Logan and gotcha. Jen. Yeah. We all went. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look after you next yeah, year. Yeah. Oh, perfect. They got a good gig going here. The, the so the breakers, you know, is the Australian competition. They play on the, on the uh, yep. Australian yep. basketball competition. Uh, and then the next is the New Zealand competition, which is what the Saints is in, and Damien is the ground and now it's a hype man, everything uh, yeah. for the Saints uh, here in Wellington. So it's quite a good spectacle, man. That's it, it awesome. Really is. Yeah, appreciate you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sold out TF, TSB at, Stadium. At, and at the moment, I'm undefeated for three point after the game, so I need some challenges. Oh. <laughs> I still can't believe you made that. <laughs> Foot was over the line, though. Okay, oh. there's well, video proof. Just, just, just. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, back on the softball side of things, uh, uh, Gretchen. Um, before we talk about that commitment to university, you, you mentioned when you got introduced to pitching. When was that? That would have been when I was 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. That was when I was still in that rec ball um, community of just playing around and seeing if I you know, enjoyed it. Like You're at that point where it's you're too young for parents to really commit or pay too much, so let's go see what our local you know, competition looks like. But the only reason I got asked or put into it is because the – the only pitcher for our team was our coach's daughter, and she hated it. Yeah, and so she like basically threw her glove. And she's like, "I'm done with it." And our the coach is like, "Anybody else want to pitch?" And I was like, "Well, I've thought about catching." He's like, "Here, give this a go." And then he basically showed me the most basic way to mm. throw a pitch, and I played that same night, just trying to get the ball over the plate. So it was very much like a lob, <laughs> and yeah. I hit quite a few people and walked quite a few. It didn't hurt because it wasn't coming fast. Yeah. But, yeah, that would have been the Kickstarter to the, the whole career, really. And then after that, I think my dad was just like, oh, this could, this could potentially work if, um, if we're able to put some time in and yeah. find the right person to get mm-hmm. some you know, proper skill work in. But, uh, yeah, anytime I think of where I started, I always go back to that coach who actually like, sought me out or you know, asked individually um, 
just the question because mm. I don't think my dad would even have asked it unless we had been in that circumstance. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, f- fast forward now to um, university. How did that come about? Um, well, travel ball to showcase and showcase was the place to be, but our decision to actually go to showcase happened when we were visiting family up in Kentucky and we're, we don't live far from university of Kentucky. So dad's like, let's go like take a drive on campus and blah, blah, blah for whatever reason. And, uh, we go to the softball field and they're having a training and we just sit in the stands and watch. Well, the mm. coach comes out and is like, this isn't an open training. She can't, she can't be here. Because there's recruiting limits. So yep. if I'm of age or yep. look to be of age, the yep. coach has to put, like, you have to go. Yep. And so that's when he found out that, oh, this is where they're starting to look at, mm. you know, players. And so that's where we went to showcase, found the team up in uh, northern Mississippi. And they put us in on the stage to be seen by as many coaches as possible. We also got a recruiting consultant um, to help us out. So how do I narrow down what schools I want to apply yeah. to as far as getting coaches interested in me? Mm-hmm. And he gave me homework to do. We made recruiting videos. Um, we put in my, you know, my profile, my portfolio of grades and stuff. And I really didn't care where I went. My dad didn't either. He's like, you could go play in Alaska for all I care. Mm-hmm. And you know, as long as you're happy, he's just like, you don't have to be close to home. I don't yeah. expect you to be. Yep. And I was like, cool, you know, no rains. And um, I, I think at the point when we started getting interest, it was just like, whoa, okay, this is a bit more, uh, you know, interesting than we thought or, you know, bigger scale. And then at that point, I was like, all right, well, whatever is the, the school furthest from home. <laughs> uh, that gave me the best, like, you yeah. know, an, a, an offer I couldn't refuse. I was like, that one. And it was Texas Tech University. So I had verbaled. And then the next year I signed. And, you know, a lot of stuff can happen in a verbal anyhow. So yep. there is a there's a bit of a, a heartbreak moment for me having to decide whether or not I should play basketball going into those last two years. Because, like, oh, if injury happens, like, there's no guarantee of me still being able to go to school if I yeah. get hurt in the verbal deer. And my coach at that time at Texas Tech was just like, do whatever you want. Like, yeah. I trust I trust you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And as long as I went in without, like, the fear of getting injured. Yeah then it would be all good. So mm. I never played with the fear of getting injured. I actually always ended up hurting other people, <laughs> Yeah, um, which I'd rather be in that seat yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, at that point in time. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it started uh, initially, and it just grew from there. So once I verbaled, and the assistant coach had a dad who coached a travel team in California. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's put her from, you know, small town Mississippi into California competition so we see what we're getting and we yep. know what we're getting yep. or how she compares up. And I was like, oh, cool, sweet. So uh, mom and dad sent me on a flight. And this has been the first, no, second flight I've been on because I went to Hawaii one time with my mom. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, first time kind of being so far from home for so long. I stayed with host families out in California with the, the team I was playing for at the moment. And yeah, that comp was awesome. I mean, California is amazing. Yeah. We're in a hot we're, beard, right? Yeah, we were in uh, San Diego at the time, and so I just got to see a lot of different places and you know play some really good softball in the most amazing weather you can ask. Yeah, yeah, yep. Not like Wellington. <laughs> just, oh yeah, it's pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Good day down here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Texas Tech, two years with them. Yeah. How was that experience for you? Oh, uh, it was it was amazing because I. I mean, I think the first year away from home or like you would actually 
you know, find your own self is kind of telling. It could either go like one way or the other, good, really bad. And um, I think I was right in the middle as far as what I was diving into within my first year of um, finding myself, but also my new friends and teammates and, you know, all that stuff. So um, I absolutely loved it. The friend group I made there and the community I was within, we got close really quickly. And most of my best friends were not on my team. It was actually getting to know um, athletes from other codes. And um, also coming into my faith within my first year and a half, that was amazing. Got plugged into a church Mm -hmm. and a community of athletes who also were very faith driven and Mm -hmm. still like learning and finding themselves through it. And then I would have got, I got baptized like that next year and had my teammates from the softball, uh, yeah, softball team come out and support me along with my coach. And that, that was really, really cool. It was like the community uh, and a family away from home. So that was, that was most amazing thing. Cause I, I actually, got to choose those people in an environment where I like knew no one. That was, that was amazing. Um, outside of the diamond work. Amazing. Diamond work was nothing, nothing new to me because I was already doing strength and conditioning, speed and agility, um, pitching, catching, hitting all that stuff. And it was, yeah, that was nothing new. It was just, you're you're on a team where everybody is about that life. And that's really cool to be a part of. Very, very, very cool. Uh, just quickly on the faith side of things, uh, this summer we got to spend Christmas together, uh, and New Year's Eve we went to Midnight Mass uh, at our um, uh, our family area, our family village, if you like, and it was a mouldy Midnight Mass. How was that experience? That really? was so cool. So I've only been to a handful of midma- Midnight Masses mm. anyway, um, but I was quite impressed because it wasn't, it wasn't crazy long. And I think most in general that aren't, you know, Modi mm. tend to be long anyhow. Yeah. Um, but it was the diversity in, of the community in that small church was, you know, quite fascinating. Like the, the pastor was, was yeah, yeah. he was, was, I can't remember what I, nationality, but Filipino or something yeah, like that, right? Something yeah. like, yeah, English and Modi were yeah. not his first language. Oh. And, um, and he spoke all three really well and led the service really, really well. But Mm. now that was, that was, I was quite impressed with um, the, the sense of, you know, family and recognizing, you know, what, you know, that time of year really is all about, but also to see it it mixed in with another culture. So that was, yeah, it was quite cool. And to be with, Softball family as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, um, to be fair, my family is not the most religious, my especially my direct family. But um, but that is something that we try to do every year, uh, at least, is that midnight mass, and uh, and it's and it's awesome too, man. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of good stories around that yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so you had your two years te- uh, with Texas Tech, and then you moved universities. Where did you go, and why? So we ended up having a coaching change after my sophomore year. So at the end of each year, you have like an exit meeting with your coach. And that's just an individual between you and the coaching staff, just to get a, a viewpoint of how you finished and what they're expecting of you yep. going into the next season. So that way you have an idea of what to kind of prepare for. Right. And I was one of the first exit meeting or interviews to happen um, right at the end of our season. And we are anticipated to actually have a chance at postseason at the end of that year. Mm. And we just missed out for whatever reason, and we're, like, all pretty bummed about it. But in my exit interview, the coach at that time was like, so 
we're actually resigning as a staff. And I was like, what? (laughs) Really? Yeah. And he said, yeah. And I was like, well, this is probably kind of like sad to say, but I was actually looking at other schools earlier in the year because I was going to change my major. Mm. And I was looking at places that actually housed it um, because I'm starting to figure out what I want to do with my life outside of softball. And once, um, once I said that, he's like, Oh, thanks. You know, that kind of hurts that you already looking. (sighs) And once I realized that, um, you know what, for me to have a chance to go anywhere, if I were to transfer, I need to have a good year before I leave. So before Christmas, I was like, all right, screw wherever I'm going to go or my thoughts are right now. Just focus on having a good time and a good year. And I put myself in a good position for if it happened and when it did, um, yeah, he once he told me that they were having to leave, um, he's like, these are the schools that are interested in you. Would you be interested in going? I was like, um, can I have some time to think about it? And at that point, the transfer process is very different to what it is now. Um, so I only had like a limited amount of schools I could actually get in contact with because I was still taking summer classes. So in order for me to get in touch with, um, communicate and do visits, I have like three to yeah three months to mm-hmm. do all of that. Yeah, and I mean that's tough to get to know, build a relationship, yeah. and commit um, in three months for the next two years. And um, yeah, I had to get a permission to contact. So figuring out what schools I wanted to target, and I had mentioned to you before, as a junior, I don't want to rebuild a program. I want to go to a, a program that's already established and gets puts me in a good position to potentially make a World Series. Yeah. So I focused on the SEC at that point because they had the most um, in the World Series for the last few years before I got there. And um, at that point, it was Missouri, um, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And I saw them in that order on my visits as well. And there were some other schools that had contacted me, mm-hmm. but I just, I'm in touch with these. They're my priority. I will let you know. And, um, yeah, still doing summer classes. So only going to do my visits on the weekend because I'm in classes during the week and, uh, balancing all of that stuff out. And yeah, the Tennessee was the last school I went to with, uh, mom and dad made that trip. And I think they had, they were a big part of my decision to go to that one too, because they, it was closer to home and extended family to actually get to see me play. And, uh, yeah, so the kind of, it was an easy checkpoint because Tennessee would have had all the things that I cared to, you know, be a part of my last two years of the season. So, yeah. Well, Tennessee, in your first year with them, go to the, go all the way to the College World Series. What was that road like? That road was a bit rocky, just because it was adapting to a whole new conference. So, Big mm. Twelve is still competitive. Um, it's changed even. It changed a lot from when I first got in there even from when I left, and then it still has changed quite a bit. So Big 12 is still a good comp, but, you know, any, you know, going into the SEC, it was, it, you're playing like a top-ranked team every weekend. And um, getting my head wrapped around that and also the coaches getting to know who I am as a player and what I actually do and me getting to know them, like building a trust right at the start of season is quite tough to do when they're still managing like 22 to 23 other players. Cause I think there would have been a, a decent amount of movement with that team before I got there. So they had a couple people leave mm-hmm. as well as bring me in and have like 
eight freshmen come in with me. So, yeah, the coaching staff in, in itself had its own team to work off of because the Tennessee team before I got there went to the finals, the championship round of the Women's College World Series. And that's, I think they played like a 14-inning game against, it would have been Oklahoma at that point, mm -hmm. I think. And uh, they lost most of those players that following year. Wow. So, you know, going back to the World Series was a high hope, but yeah. not a guarantee because yeah, yeah. it's a totally different team now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was it was a rocky road being able to adjust to all of that and being picked up as a ringer, basically. Someone who could come in and make all that happen when I'm still, like, 19 years old with that kind of weight on my shoulders yeah. sitting in the circle. That's that's quite intense. And, um yeah, it was a very different format from what I was used to, like even weight room and adjusting to classes and, you know, finding my friend group within the team because I felt more like I vibed with freshmen more so than the the ones that were actually my age because they weren't as new. They had yeah. their, yeah. And then getting to know Knoxville was a whole other thing. Like it's a totally different town. And um, I was living on my own in an apartment at, um, for the first time, and that was – that was nice, but it was also made me realize how much I enjoy having someone in the same roof yeah. kind of thing. Space. Yeah. And um, so that, yeah, that, that whole lifestyle was a bit of a, an adjustment, but it was when we finished where I realized, you know, I'm actually going to take more into my own hands going into next year. So I at least feel more confident because I didn't, I battled injuries and, you know, all this other stuff and adjustments um, throughout that first year where I was like, you know what, I'm going to take it into my own hands in the exit interview and make those adjustments. There's you know, lots of up and downs that first year where it just made me learn a lot. Yep. A lot. Uh, your time when you finished up with Tennessee though, um, how did you feel coming out of that? I felt so much better coming out of my senior year than when I, finished my junior year even though we didn't go as far into postseason I I felt so much better about it because I made decisions and I made choices that I knew were going to lead to me feeling that way because I, that junior year was very much um, I'm playing to please my coaches because they know what they're doing they've been here before all this other stuff, like they see someone of my caliber, surely they know how to handle me better than I know how to because I'm still learning myself mm. in, in different environments. And I think by the time I finished my junior year, I think we were all on the same page that we didn't know. We had no idea. And as a senior who, in the eyes of coaches that didn't perform, you know, the way a coach would want to if they were bringing a ringer in, um, they almost write you off your senior year. So... It's like, all right, we got these new freshmen that we've been in relationships with for the last three years. Yeah. We know what we're getting from them because we know them well, right? And so I, I kind of anticipated that I wasn't going to get nearly as much playing time as I did the year before, but knew that I needed to be ready for whenever I had the chance to. Mm. And um, building more of a um, camaraderie with my teammates as well. Cause I, we all had our struggles throughout those, those years um, when we were together and it was just building that band of, you know what, screw it. We're playing for each other. We, we can't be out here pleasing the people that make the lineup because at the end of the day, we're never going to be happy if, mm. even if we play or don't play. 
we got to play for each other and continue to back one another. And whatever our role ends up being that day or that practice or whatever it may be. And that was a change in attitude. And that was something that was way more controllable for um, a lot of us girls to band, band together on. And, um, yeah, I had so much more fun as far as how I felt, because I also took my training into my own hands. Um, that was another adjustment. I talked about strength and conditioning, speed agility being nothing new, yeah. but it almost got taken away from me that first year um, at Tennessee to the point where I was like, I was, I was doing movements. I wasn't doing movements. Actually, it was the lack of movement mm. that made me feel really sloppy and less athletic. And yeah. I was like, well, I need these. They make me feel better on the diamond. At least they make me feel a lot more confident, that's for sure. So I took more training and, and stuff into my own hands going into that, that senior year. And like regardless of how it finished, I didn't care, but I just wanted to be sure I had a good time because I knew it was going to be the last opportunity I get to play at this level on this stage because um, there wasn't many opportunities. And if you did have them, they were really slim to be drafted at that point. I think the draft at that time was like 10 to 12 girls going into the pro league yeah <laughs> one round 10 or 12 girls and that's it yeah i was like well, okay my chances are you know non-existent <laughs> at that point uh, um before i get to this uh to that um uh the professional ball that you played um you put in here uh memorable moments your first home run in your senior year tell us about that yeah so that's that kind of goes in line with you know um, taking charge and, you know, believing in myself and that kind of thing, um, making my own choices. That was very much that a moment where I told my coach, this is my game plan. This is what I'm going to do. Cause she was very much, um, she's super st strategic, analytic, everything you can imagine from a stat standpoint. So we always look at pitchers like this is the percentage of what they're throwing and it being a striker ball. Yep. So have a game plan going in. Well, the pitcher at that time was throwing more strikes as a changeup. And I was like, well, I told my coach, I was like, I'm going to sit her changeup. She's like, okay. And that was the first time I verbalized and told her what I was going to do in a game plan. And it's kind of that one where like, well, I told her and I verbalized it, which means I got to follow through and make it happen. Yeah. So I don't look like I made a, a child as shit. Yeah. I got to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like far out. I got to follow this up. And, um, I told her, I felt good about it. Um, yeah, I got in the box and felt so relaxed. Um, and just trusted my stuff. And she threw, she threw me two changeups. First one wasn't a strike. So I was like, I know another one's coming. She threw another fast pitch. I'm like, well, I'm not even timing it. So it's out of the question. But the whole thing, I was like, I got to get a change up before I get to two strikes yeah. <laughs> because then it's just fighting whatever's yeah. off. And um, she gave me another one, and it was so sweet. And it was um, a yeah, right field home run. And so I got to see it the whole time as I was running. And it was one of the – like it's actually still my photo of, you know, their senior plaques they give you with your, your, your jersey and whatever. It's the photo from that home run, nice. which just happened. To, we didn't always have photographers there, but yeah. they there happened to be one. And it's me rounding first, smiling at our first base coach because she would have played with uh, um, the team the year before. And she was one of the few that leaders, coaches, that had actually believed in me as a player. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a really cool moment to, like, link up. And like, that's the first time I made a decision, verbalized it, followed through with it, and the result happened. Yeah, yeah it was amazing. Nice. So fun. Nice. Um, just while we're on there, 
hitting a home run, to you, what is that all about and what does it feel like? Um, well, anytime the home run actually happens, it just feels easy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it always feels effortless. You know, if, it, if anything feels too difficult, then it pretty much just means you're forcing it for the most part. But um, I have very few home runs that I actually remember that are me- memorable. Um, not because I hit so many, you know, or like, that's just another one to the list, you know, (laughs) it's not because of that. It's just, to me, it feels like an everyday activity of something I'm training. Mm. So like, yeah, it should, should feel almost like nothing when it comes off the bat. Like I'm more into a swing feeling really good, like syncing up, finding my timing, um, you know, matching up the the barrel to whatever part of the zone the ball is going to making those kind of adjustments i i love that part of it whatever the result is i rather just the ball come popping off the bat i want that feeling more than anything home runs will come yeah nice on that standpoint you're right-handed so right-handed thrower Mm -hmm. and um uh but left-handed hitter when did that happen and when did you make that decision so that happened right from the start. Apparently, my dad said he set me up as a right-handed hitter when I was like playing t-ball or learning to swing, and um, that I apparently was like, I don't like it. And then he's like, Let's try this way. I'm like, Okay, and did it. And it's just like he didn't he didn't touch me from there, just because he was actually a big fan of having people who could be left-handed. He wanted to be left-handed and left-footed and everything when he was growing up and apparently his dad was like no that's weird (laughs) (laughs) that's what they did yeah i was like oh that's unfortunate so when he yeah when he got the opportunity for me to actually you know hit from the left side he's like yep we'll do that because my brother's left-handed oh yeah yeah he throws lefty he writes lefty he naturally swings righty but because he's a baseball pitcher, when he would swing righty, his left arm was exposed. exposed. Yeah. yeah, so they're like, we're going to make you a switch hitter. So he yeah. can hit from both sides. Right. One's a bit more accurate. I think one's a bit more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he just you know dictates. So right. we all throw right and bare left. Really? Yeah. I just all want to us. be like Even Jacko. Nice. Even Jacko, eh? And no, Jacko's lefty, lefty. Oh, lefty, lefty. Uh, oh, yeah, weird. See, that's more. He's weird a weird now. one. No, yeah, you weirdo. Weird. Lefty, lefty. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned about playing professionally uh, and signing with the Comets. Um, Matt, what was that like? Uh, that was that was a crazy ex- experience in itself. Um, and I think, you know, as much as the professional softball programs have changed, if you went year by year it would be very different from anybody's perspective or story but the first year I got to be a part of it was when they first introduced or allowed international teams to be make up most of the NPF and um, I was on China's second team and then Aussie would have had one in there yeah the spirit yeah yeah um, there's another China one there's an, there's one more I think or was there just two more Americans yeah two full American teams two Chinese teams and one Australian team. So five teams made up our league. And the season was like two months, two and a half months or something like mm-hmm. that. And we played probably close to like 30 to 40 games easily. Um, and it was like one a, one a day. And it, you went seven innings, no no mercy rule, yeah. which at some of the games I wish there was because we weren't doing so hot. <laughs> and we only had a staff of like three American pitchers and two Chinese pitchers. 
And uh, yeah, the American pitchers wore most of the load. And we had one of them go down because she had an injury. So then it was like, you know, on two of us to carry most of those innings. And they, some of them were really long innings. <laughs> and I was like, man. And I, I briefly told you, I was like, I had a two-year gap. So after I finished um, my collegiate career, I was just kind of, oh, I did my master's program, which was a year long. And I was not playing softball. I really was just kind of working out or enjoying what is normal. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just a life, yeah. you know, and giving lessons here and there just to make the, you know, that, you know, you know, pocket money and stuff. But yeah, two years of not, no softball to then go into a pro league with all of these like, you know, top ranked players who get paid to do this for the same three months out of the year. Um, that in itself was an adjustment. I, uh, yeah, I wasn't in the best shape by the time I started, but I got a lot better by the time we finished. It yeah. was, you know, it was very sharp and quick, but that was the first time I had only been a pitcher only. So every, every that would have been different. Yeah, that was, but it was, it was very much needed at that point. Right. The I team did, needed it. Yeah, yeah. And I did not have the endurance to withstand a summer of pitching and hitting at that level. Well, I could only do one well. Um, and, uh, yeah, pitching took the, took the lead on that. And that felt really good to come into after a, a senior season of like, I think two innings I had gotten as a pitcher mm -hmm. to pitch in a ton of innings with the Comets two years later and just kind of like, you know, redeeming myself of knowing what that was like and that I can still do this. Like it was almost, I didn't get touched as or coached. I got guided whenever I needed help on you know, week by week, but they're like, we got to, we got to work with what you got because you're it. And I was like, all right, cool. No pressure. Like, <laughs> I'm like this is awesome. You know, yeah. No expectations, no nothing. It was, it was, I think it was like the break I needed to make me fall in love with softball all over again. Nice. And, um, but I, funny enough, I had already committed to come to New Zealand before that had happened. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'd already been. How did that come about? Uh, you remember Scotty, Brooke Scott? Probably not. I'm going to say no. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Keep on going. It, yeah. Um, she and I had played together while I was at Tennessee for just one year. Uh huh. Or not Tennessee, sorry, Texas Tech. And, um, somehow she had gotten over and played with Odahu. Mm -hmm. Um, and she had messaged me out of the blue saying that Odahu's pitcher was retiring and they're needing a new one. Uh, would you be interested? And I was like, uh, is this real? <laughs> like, yeah. Where is yeah. New Zealand? I was like, they play softball. What? And I was what, like, they got power there. And yeah. stuff? <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And so I had like, with the lessons I was doing at that time, I was rolling over just a little bit just cause I had like, you know, six months, six to eight months before I was even going to be here. So like, Oh, I'll have plenty of time. And then um, I think it was like a month later, I got in the call from the, the Comets coach, like, hey, can you roll over? I'm like, oh, it's a little sooner than I was getting ready for, but sure, I can make it happen. I was like, the Comets will make me ready to go to New Zealand. And boy, did they. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of a great turn of events of how it all ended up happening. Tessa, we're so glad that. That ended up happening for yeah. sure because we've been able to see you over the last kind of three or four years and what you've mm -hmm. what you've done in New Zealand. 
So the start of your international travel with softball New Zealand, uh, you've also played uh, in Italy as well. But and, and if I remember correctly, you played in Switzerland, is that right? No. Um, what happened there? Italy was the only other country I've played softball in, but I did when we had a bit of a break for yeah. – um, what was the – it was a qualifier, Olympic qualifier. Ah, yes. Yeah. It was in the middle of the summer – uh, when that happened, I joined up with my brother mm-hmm. in Germany and played with his baseball group. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so his is it's very missions based, but they have a team out there that they, um, they yeah they run that stuff through. So I was like, well, I'm gonna go with you this year, and so I ended up playing uh, a few games with them, and that was from Germany to France to Switzerland. Like right. it was just kind of in that that zone or area. So it was baseball, but not softball. Gotcha. So Italy is the only other country outside New Zealand. (laughs) Ah, cool. Um, Not bad. Traveling the world now, and of course New Zealand has been a bit of a hub for you for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, when are you getting married so you're staying here forever, uh, is one question. Uh, And and the other one is, um, now you've found New Zealand, man. What what is it about New Zealand that's kept you here? Um, Well, COVID. (laughs) Well, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It ain't Uh, the weather. (laughs) That, yeah. So it's mainly the beauty of the country. And also what has kept me to come back to New Zealand is the opportunity of me being able to do so much in softball outside of just playing it. Yeah. I think that was really like a passion that I found being here because playing in Italy was great from a player, like a professional player standpoint and, you know, viewing their country and traveling that, I mean, everything's so close in Europe. I could do almost anything and never get bored. Um, but I found out quickly that, you know, the professional athlete lifestyle isn't all that I want. Uh, I definitely want more of a purpose outside of like giving back to the sport. And that's what I was very able to do here and what was needed at that, at that point. So, um, that's what kept me coming back is what else is demanded of me from a professional, you know, standpoint rather than just playing. Um, and that's why I, I loved it. And also getting to know the community, and the families here that just it you I become family I feel like so much quicker um, by staying here longer and getting to know people and the country's so beautiful honestly there's you, everything's within a driving distance you know snow mountains whatever it may be hiking and stuff of that nature so I think that's really what's kept me here um, for the long term but um, now it'll be a matter of you know visa applications if yeah. I get to stay a little longer. Gotcha. If we know anyone in the immigration department, let's hook this sister up. Uh, if it's yeah, immigration department or a church, take your pick, guys <laughs> out there. Um, the uh, your time in New Zealand, though, uh, as you mentioned, um, playing for Otahu, uh, playing for Auckland playing in the fastball 45, and you've had success in each of those avenues, but also, as you were just saying, um, passing on to um, younger ballers coming through, not even younger ones, but also adult ballers as well, um, skill set and mindset and mental game, the whole works. Uh, you've been involved with a lot of people, and, and now your role with Wellington softball uh, down here as well. I've seen it firsthand when you, you're coaching someone and when you, the time you spend with them individually and you talk to them about it and you, you really seem to invest yourself. Why is that? It looks like you invest yourself not only in coaching but as a player as well. Yeah, I, I would say the why is because it, it makes a player feel seen and special and know that they're getting 
know, individualized feedback. Yeah. I mean, our sport and most sports and most areas of life is just not cookie cutter. So I think it's very important that most kids and athletes out there get seen when they are in trainings and practices. Even though, like, it's tough being on the stage when things go good or bad. Or I mean, everybody enjoys it when it's good because they get the praise. But um, chances are, if you're going to be on the stage and you know the ball's coming at you, fifty-fifty shot of something good or bad happening, right? So being able to handle that and get attention to know how to avoid that as you know often as possible, I think comes from that that interaction of one-on-one. Like here, this is what I see. This is what I think can help you, or mm-hmm. this is how I've been able to handle this kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think that goes a lot a lot further, a lot quicker than most people can give time for. And, um, yeah, as a player with my teammates, it's, it's been good to be able to give that kind of feedback and trainings and stuff, um, and almost demonstrate it when we, we are playing, but there is part of me that's like, I can't give as much as a player than I can as a coach, um, just because I still have to think about my role. Um, so it's wearing, it's, you know, juggling hats while you're out there competing, but as a coach and as a development officer, it's, yeah, that's my role. It's mm. get to know kids, their abilities, and, you know, how to combat weaknesses and strengths, like identifying their strengths and then also identifying weaknesses and knowing it's not a bad thing. It's just where we grow from. And um, it's different for every kid. And you know what? The same age group, there's so many different kids, and it's, yeah, it keeps you on your toes, that's for, for sure. And it's also challenged my creativity um same with adults as well just getting to change you know perspectives or getting to see their point of view and where their background is and um, just having conversations around the game and the sport to have more understanding of what it's like here and where people come from here and getting to hear my story and what I grew up doing and not saying that everything's uh seamlessly a transition from like what softball is like in the United States or any other country. And then it's just going to fit whatever New Zealand has to offer. That's not the case uh, more often than not for any area. Yeah. So it's taking s- snippets from every region and experience and seeing what fits best and what's demanded of people here when they're wanting to compete and play and grow through the sport. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun role and it like it's challenging, but it's definitely rewarding to the extent just on relationships and seeing people like hit a light you know when something just clicks yeah i uh, when i first met you uh, i guess was as a player then i got to see you in that in this coaching type of role in auckland and stuff and the work you were doing and have got to know you a lot better now these days but uh, the one thing i that stood out from the get-go is you're a very very hard-working person and very dedicated when it comes to a cause, and also super reliable. Is that important to you? Absolutely. Like I would want, I would want people to be able to trust me or know what they're going to get when they ask me to do something, yeah. or you know, to follow it up. Um, in that regard, I yeah, it's kind of with the WSA and what we're offering. It's I want people to know if a program comes from or stems from my design, I want them to know that they're going to get something that's reliable and of a quality. And I mean, that takes time to find anything, a product in general, let alone to make it a quality product. It comes with time and trial and error. But um, yeah, I've always, and that's something that's been ingrained in me when I was younger and with my dad 
helping me through sport is yeah putting in all the the elbow grease of work that there is like you work harder when or all the hard work that goes unseen is basically what gets you that much stronger and better in your craft and yeah I'm very much behind the scenes kind of a workhorse um you sure are yeah I don't I don't like the center stage or all the glitz and glam and the recognition that was where the homecoming thing was coming <laughs> homecoming. Like, yeah. yeah out of nowhere right really not a pitcher or anything yeah <laughs> well I only like pitching for the most part because you're always doing something yeah like, sure you always have the ball like I I prefer to do something all the time I just put my you know blinders on so I don't see anything else because surely As if, if you're I not can't on see them change. they yeah, can't yeah. see me yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. That's, that's actually something I wanted to ask you about. This game phase, especially when you're on the hill, mm. it like never changes. You could strike out 10, you could walk 10. It looks like your game face never changes. Why? Yeah, I was taught that at a young age too, composure as a pitcher. Mm. Um, yeah, my coach, when I was learning to pitch, he's like, um, if you're going to smile about anything, make sure it's turned around and you're like smiling towards your team. Mm-hmm. Versus like following the batter to the dugout with yep. a grin. Yep. I was like, okay, that's yeah, because we don't get to know each other, our competition in the states as much as you guys get to here. Yeah. So yeah, if I true. did that to someone I didn't know, yeah, I could very well see someone at my with a bat at my car <laughs> later that night. <laughs> you know, it, it's a bit more terrifying on that end of things. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's like you said, a definite game face. I think I had like a different personality when I was playing basketball too, like. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have a bit more of like a foam coming from my mouth, and you know, <laughs> foam from my yeah, mouth. Yeah, I'm like, let's go. Rapid dog. <laughs> you know, uh, it's yeah, and it only comes out with sport. You know, yeah. uh, outside of that, I'm like, all right, I used all my energy. I'm just gonna sleep and eat now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, obviously, now with the way the country is and stuff, and trying to work around it. You say you're, you're having to keep yourself busy to get yourself ready for when you are going to play again this season. I take that's back with Who again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, that must be difficult. It is, it, yeah, especially being in the consistent work I've been blessed with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is the first time I've been in like full-term work for an entire year since I've been in New Zealand. Yeah. So that's been a blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also, you know, I've, I've had to make adjustments um, every six months since I've been here. And, you know, COVID just makes all that stuff even more challenging. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's finding that balance of where I can get my trainings, the venues I can use, because most of it's just all, all my own. Because when everybody else is working, that's where I have the most flexible hours um, for myself to train. So. Yeah. Not only just keeping a consistent fitness, but also the sport-specific one. So, um, yeah, most of the time it's just me going to the gym and using a brick wall um, in the off-peak hours of when my gym is open and throwing a ball into it or, you know, tapping someone on the shoulder like, hey, can you throw me front toss so I can see a moving ball? Um, but, yeah, I still, I'll still play with Odahu, and then it's just a matter of, you know, live – Live, live at bats. Yeah. You know, throwing to live hitters. You mm-hmm. know, maybe I might try to rig something up here in Wellington where, yeah. like, all right, I'm coming out here to pitch. I need a catcher, and whoever wants to show up for live at bats, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like maybe it might be that just to give 
yeah. <laughs> myself a few more. Damien just points to the diamond. Yeah. Uh, however, I, I, I'm pretty certain. After this podcast, Damien, let's go. Yeah, he's going to strike out. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Haven't seen any live at bats this season. Hey, but not, anyway. uh, well, well, if I don't hit you first, so let's <laughs> find out which one happens. She's already putting it. it in the back <laughs> of his mind. <laughs> Caught one with my chest the other day, actually. <laughs> so you should see how yellow it is. Um, Gretchen, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming along uh, to be on the day. It's been a, just a gem. We could be honest with you, we could talk for hours more, but you've got to strike out Damien shortly. So we've got to make sure we can do that. I guess, you know, last couple of things, of course. Um, but softball, Gretchen O'Coin. If you could sum it up in one word, that relationship, what would that one word be? <laughs> oh, no. I hate that. That's two. <laughs> Softball and Gretchen, one word. Oh, you're going to cut like how long it takes me to say this, right? Probably of not. Of course. <laughs> um, goodness, I think two words came to mind. Nice. The first one that immediately came to mind was magic. Yeah. Which I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> and then the second one was a bit more of like determined. Yeah. I think that f- suits me a bit more, but magic like fits my personality a little. I don't know. So, yeah. The phases of Gretchen. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I think if. There you go. <laughs> uh, all I've been visiting now is Gretchen staying on the hill with the homecoming queen oh crown on goodness. and a, now a magic wand. <laughs> so cheesy <laughs> if only we knew the people in charge of sounds and stuff uh, yeah. at so tournaments eh? there you go you, you wait till we commentate your next game it's gonna be once upon a time my goodness i love it yeah. as long as it's not this okay none of that, <laughs> none of that now. <laughs> fair enough but they um two good words that definitely describe you uh miss and that is definitely determined 100% talked about how you're hardworking and it's a credit to your nature and not only is it a credit to your nature but it rubs off on people and I've seen that even within my own family um, the boys but my daughter of course playing with you um, and uh, and also the group of you, your teammates and coaching staff who've been really good as far as those traits are concerned and magic makes sense because what we've seen you produce on the diamond both offensively and defensively on the circle um, has uh, simply been nothing but magic. So, two fitting words. Don't you think, Dan? Cool. Absolutely, mate. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming to my house and and sharing your knowledge. And mate, I'm sorry. You guys can keep going. I can go to training. It's fine. <laughs> Just press the stop button when you're done. I, like, <laughs> I do yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, it's been amazing to finally catch up again, Chopper. It's been a it's been a hot minute, but and you have a lovely home. Thank Great you. view. Um, yeah, I hope to see you guys again soon, hopefully on a diamond, or you know, if not, just chit-chatting away. I knew you were a good one when I saw your excitement seeing the dogs. So. Yeah. Good German Shepherd. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Well, it, it has definitely been a treat. Gretchen O'Coin has simply established everything that's required to be done when it's dealing with achievements in New Zealand. But as we just heard over the last wee while here, she found a direction that she wanted to take. It was a toss-up between basketball and softball, and to be fair, she could have been an all-star at either. She's got a basketball in her hand right The now. whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been incredible to just listen about your career, listen about your family life, and thank you for opening up and sharing that with us. 
We've loved watching you on the diamond. We can't wait to see you again this summer out there and to um, see what magic <laughs> comes from Richard O'Coin. Thank you so much. Transfer to Hot Valley. Homecoming Queen, College World Series, always admire Jenny Finch. How about that for a combo? That's not bad. That's not bad. She had me at Homecoming Queen. They must crack up. I love her. It's not that hard to be fair. To be fair. But oh, that's good. <laughs> just joking. Nah, man, what a story though, right? I mean, it just goes to show, um, the showcase of what Gretchen O'Coin has done in her career. And, and to be fair, she's very young. She's got a long career to go if she chooses, whatever she chooses, whether that's playing or coaching or sharing or, or mentoring. Um, either way, she's got a lot to give, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to watch the next episode of Mrs. O'Coin or Miss O'Coin. Yeah, and, and it's bound to happen because old Muggins here had to go and coach some kids, So, um, which was, wasn't frightful at all with her watching me do it afterwards as well um but no i appreciated her coming in and, and sharing her wisdom and and it's just um you know it's cool to see how people tick and um i like i like someone that has a has a goal and knows how to break it down and how to work towards something and um she 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 laid it all out there for us and and how how it works and what works for her and what doesn't and um i appreciate that i didn't really truly mean to make the mistake when i said mrs O'Quinn and Miss O'Quinn. But however, as you know, last week with Roman Gabriel, man, we're like, dude, someone's going to marry that girl. Mm. So she lives in New Zealand full time and plays for the Sox. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, hurry up out there. <laughs> hurry up. Well, I know it's in the back of her mind, um, just like her transfer to TP next season um, with a couple of others. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome to have someone um, play, get to represent the country that they fall in love with and put in so much time for the next generation coming through as well. It'd be awesome. Tell you what, if you want to uh, get to know Gretchen better, get a hold of Sopper Wellington and jump on into one of their clinics. Mm, definitely. Or, especially your co- if you ask me, the player clinics are great. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But it's the coaching clinics. Absolutely. Because then she can teach the coaches and the coaches can teach. And then, before you know it, it spreads the word of... Uh, and talent of, of what uh, Gretchen has learned in her career. Absolutely, mate. We had... I think it was four or five on that on that preseason clinic with her, and they've all come back better for it. Yeah. Um, and I know the kids will pick up, but it's that it's that lasting, lasting tuition. You know, you can't have just a clinic for ten weeks and then go away and do not follow up on it. So, having those um, coaches taught right by Gretchen is just awesome to see because I've seen it firsthand um, the follow on of them giving back and, and coaching the kids on their own, which is awesome. Very. Very awesome, dude. I'm looking forward to it uh, immensely. Should be uh, exciting. Um, before we get on to next week's guest, we had a little guest come into cyberspace this week. Did we just? Cyberspace. Get your merch. <laughs> get your guest. Get your merch, yes. 
<laughs> yes, people. Um, thanks to our good friends at Dynasty. Was that my part, is it? Okay. Um, thanks to our good friends at Dynasty. They have hooked us up with an online store. So we don't have to take care of it. We don't have to order things. We don't have to get your money or anything. We're going to put it up on our Facebook page, but literally just click the link. Two things are up for grabs at the moment. We've still got caps in the background if you do want them, as long as well as our stubby holders. But the two new items that have gone up online today is our hoodie, our custom Beyond the Dugout hoodie, which you can chuck your number and So comfortable. So comfortable and warm, and, but not warm and cool. If that makes sense, you know, like it's good on when it's hot and it's good when it's cold. If that makes sense, it's the worst sales pitch I think I've ever heard. Anyway, well, I'm not a salesman, so I don't let care. Me tell you one You're thing. the salesman. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Yeah, let me tell you one thing the hoodies are mint and on fleek. Yeah, get yourself one before they sell out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, custom and we can make as much as we want if people buy them. So, yeah, they won't sell out, but anyway, um, so yeah, <laughs> but um, if they're too hot. You should take them off and, and maybe wear your singlet because we have a Beyond the Dugout singlet for summer that, as well. That's right, man. Summer's rolling around and our friends in the Northern Hemisphere are, uh, are starting to hunker down, but uh, it is starting to roll down here. So it should be good, dude. Um, hey, got to give a shout out to Melbourne. Okay. Australia is starting to open up. Yay, good on there. Melbourne has been in lockdown. Like, we think it's been bad. The length of time Auckland's been in lockdown. Melbourne. They're like, come on, baby. You guys are babies compared to what they've been They've been locked down for so, so long. Today's the day they come out of lockdown. Good on that. Well, yeah. you know, it's a certain part of lockdown. Got, got a lot of mates in Melbourne. It's the Wellington of uh, Australia, apparently. Um, so, yeah, no, good to hear that um, those are opening up and hopefully we can get back to our inter-Tasman travel again Yeah, soon. well, they've already announced that for the South Islanders can go to uh, Melbourne or any <laughs> state. Those poor there. guys, eh? <laughs> the South Islanders, they're the ones I really feel sorry <laughs> for in this whole thing. Yeah, well, at least they, go to, they can go for a holiday in Australia now. They don't have to yeah. quarantine. A little different coming back to New Zealand, to be fair, but yeah, anyway, Shock. at least they can go one way uh, right now. So good, exactly. on, good on them. Yeah, the world is starting to open up. So will New Zealand. Also today, obviously, the government announcing... As soon as the DHBs, so the, there's like two or three DHBs in Auckland get to 90% vaccinated, yeah. bang, out of lockdown. 100%. Wow. 100%. And they're not far off it now in Auckland, so I think they're like 87 nice. or something like that. So they are getting super, super close. So looking forward to that for them and, uh, uh, and uh, opening up. Got to say, though, going back to school on Tuesday for years 11, 12, and 13, don't know about that I don't know about that one. Especially with such a long time out of school. Dude, if you can't get to the um, pub with your mates. Yeah, hard. especially at high school. Yeah, and you want to send <laughs> our kids into high school. Yeah. You know they're drinking at lunchtime, right? Yeah, well. Yeah. Well, it depends on the area. <laughs> I know they do in West Auckland. But anyway, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a shout out to my cousin because I know he did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I sent an email to, uh, it affects one of my children, JP. I've sent an email to their school uh, saying, hey, look, he's, we've got him out of the at the moment. I'm not really that keen to send him back, you know, even though you guys are going to open up. So. Send him down the road to St. Pat's Stream, mate. Was that good, good, good Catholic school for Stream. him? Stream. That was my school. I want to send him to Hutter Polder. I already texted him the other day, dude, do you want to finish the year at Hutter Polder? What did he say? Thanks. Yeah. You asked him at the pub last week and he was like, nah. <laughs> he was like, nah. But down the road would be good. Does that sound bad that I asked my kids something at the pub well they were picking you up so it's not bad 
All right, take the bus off me right now and change the subject. Either way, love JP. Looking forward to watching him play. Yeah, I'm glad I'm going to miss it, actually. Yeah. Uh, Next week. Next week. Listen to this. The kid is 23. 23. Just 23. 23. He's won three club nationals already. Is that all? He's been to four World Cups and won one of them as senior men's. His name's Cole. He was the captain of uh, Golden Homes Black Sox. So he's just getting started. He's 23. Yeah. So he hasn't achieved much at 23. Jenga. Well, what were you doing at 23, bro? No, I, look, and, and <laughs> I don't want to name the athletes, but I know two <laughs> legends of the sport in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, they've never won one club nationals. To be fair, they've won a few World Cups. Yeah. But couple of I've not won one uh, club nationals. So. Good on the kid, Cole Evans, man. He can talk. He's very well uh, spoken. Yeah. Um, good kid too, mate. Good kid. And yeah. you know what? I'm glad that he's getting success because he, he works really hard at, at his craft um, and not afraid to ask questions. Mm. Uh, very humble about the game as well. Um, and I think he's got a, he's got a long future ahead of him. Well, surprise, <laughs> he's 23. Yeah, man. Um, he, he impresses me. Everything about everything I've seen about him. Um, you know, and the, one of the biggest things that I love about Cole is when he hits a bomb, he sprints around the bases. There's no jogging. There's no nothing. It's just get it, get it done. And I, I don't know that for for me, that's that's a massive thing. Um, how down to earth this kid is. <laughs> and uh, 23, as I said, what did we, what were you doing? I was wasted in Dublin. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's just impressive. And I mean, this will be only the first time I'm sure that we'll get him on the pod. Yeah, nah, it should be fun. Looking forward to that uh, for uh, for Cole next week. Should be Black a beauty. Sox captain. Yeah. We've had the White Sox captain. I tell you what, a, a, a little little episode drop coming up as well, man. We've got Travis Wilson. Ah. And, um, and the reason why I'm dropping it <laughs> is, for those who don't know, Travis Wilson played uh, professional baseball with the Atlanta Braves, mm. who are currently taking on mm. Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, so that's going to be super interesting conversation for me. And um, he's going to enjoy it, especially if Atlanta wins today. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we'll see. Because either way, by the time we get to him, we'll know the result between the Dodgers and, and Atlanta. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it should be fun. But, man, that would be, be great. I'll leave chatting about yeah. Travis in a, in a couple of weeks because he's not for a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, just interesting around the baseball right now. Yeah, and exciting to... To throw out there, we've got Travis Wilson coming out. Hard out, man. Hard yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got lots yeah, of good we name drop. That was our flex. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got lots of good stories about Travis. So, should be, um, should be good, should be a good uh, episode with him. Um, but first things first, man, you can't go past the captain of the Black Sox next week, dude. It ain't bad, mate. It ain't bad. No, <laughs> should be indeed. Looking forward to that. Gretchen O'Coin was a complete pleasure. So have you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Dugout tonight. Be safe. Enjoy the long weekend. Send a text to your mates in Auckland. Tell them you love them. Don't send them any sopple playing photos. God damn it, that'll kill them. But send them the old aroha. Just on that, little love out to South Africa, to Eric Nichols' family this year. Surprise loss in the sopple world over there. Aroha nui. Takite anō on behalf of Damien Collins. I've been Jason Goos, a.k.a. Chopper. Love you as always. Much love all. Enjoy the long weekend. 
be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the bases. Do it for your teammates, do it for the fam. Do it for your city, true ballers understand. You gotta work together, you gotta find a way. Put your body on the line and make that play. Be on the dugout. Lace them up and we run out. Step up to the place, swing away, or you get struck out. Picture on the mound like you don't wanna face this. Hit it so hard, you be running around the base. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout. Be on the dugout.